Welcome to the first playoff edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. I'm your host, Arizona Cardinals play-by-play announcer and ESPN announcer Dave Pash. Our guest this week is Christian Kirk, the Arizona Cardinals' leading receiver in 2021 and a native of Scottsdale. So one of the reasons I wanted to get Christian on this show to talk about being a local and being part of the Cardinals' first playoff team in six years. The aura of when an Arizona sports team is making it to that game and and they're able to bring the Valley together, it it just really means a lot. And as a kid, it really hit home for me. So I always knew, you know, once I got drafted here that that's what I wanted to do for this team. Christian will discuss what he expects Monday night in Los Angeles at SoFi when the playoffs get underway. He'll also address the good and the bad from this regular season. Christian will talk about what it means to be a part of a playoff team, being that he's from Phoenix, and I'll also talk about the clothing line that he started in the offseason. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. You can sign up for BetMGM today using code CARDS1000 and get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and over, Arizona only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Time now for our conversation with Cardinals wide receiver, Christian Kirk. So, Christian, let's first of all address the game on Sunday because it's easy for us to say, okay, you reset, you move on, it's a new season, a fresh start for the Cardinals. But the way things ended on Sunday, coupled with what happened in Los Angeles, is that a little hard for you guys just to flush it and say, okay, reset, new season? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to take a couple of days for us to um, really flush it. You know, especially coming into the locker room after a disappointing loss and, you know, hearing that L.A. lost and all we had to do was win to win the division. And, you know, that was one of our goals. And, you know, it, it hurts, uh, especially with after we how we played on Sunday. A lot of it is just, you know, things on our side that we can fix. Granted, you know, Seattle came out and, and played a great game. Uh, we we knew that's a great team. You know, that's that's a rivalry game. And we knew that that was going to be their Super Bowl. And we didn't match their intensity. We didn't match, um, you know, everything that they were doing. And so, um, you know, it ended up uh, us losing. And, um, you know, those are key contributors to, you know, how games like that turn out. So for us, it's it's I think it's going to be important to look at the film, um, keep correcting, keep looking at, you know, where we went wrong and use that going into, you know, the playoffs. So I'm calling the game yesterday, the Cardinals game, but I'm also calling the Rams game, like off the television. Oh, wow. Uh, to, because you're trying to update everybody on what's going on so yeah. that they're, you know, kept abreast of what's happening in both games and how that impacts the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So I'm scoreboard watching. All of us are. Yeah. Were you guys, are you guys paying attention to what's going on in the other game, in, in, in your game on Sunday? You know, it's funny. I'm probably one of the few that uh, even noticed this, but uh, we have the scoreboard clickers in stadium where usually you can look and see what teams around the league um, are doing in the scores. And I noticed they took the Rams and 49ers one off. Uh, There's a missing uh, little box where it would go. So I I noticed that pretty early into the game. So there was no scoreboard watching for me. I knew I wasn't going to be able to find out until after uh, I think that, that that's a good thing, you know, for us to not all be running back to the sideline and looking up to see, you know, what's going on. You know, we had to focus on what we were doing. Look, you guys are in the playoffs. 
that's a big deal, right? If you take it out of context with what happened against Seattle and the last 10 games after the 7-0 start going 4-6, and it's a big deal. First time since 2015, first time for you, first time for a lot of guys that you've been in the playoffs. Oh, it's it's a tremendous opportunity for us. And like you mentioned, I mean, I was here in 2018 where we only won three games, um, five games the following year. And then, you know, last year we won eight games, battled to get into the playoffs and didn't make it, came up one game short. And to have the season that we've had, uh, at times you almost, you know, when you're on an eight-game winning streak, you forget how hard it is to win games in this league. And you almost take it for granted. And then you get humbled by going, you know, was it four or six in, in, yeah. in, in the last stretch? And you start to remember, you know, this this is the NFL. If you don't show up to play your best every Sunday, you will lose and you will continue to lose until you fix that. And, you know, for me, I don't lose the you know memory of you know only winning three games and not even you know being competitive to now making it to the playoffs and being able to be on that play in that stage and you know have the opportunity to you know if we continue winning um, making it to the place where you know we all dream of as 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 young kids so I think it's you know important for everybody to you know really hone in on you know what this means to them and um, you know really try to be the best that they can be. You played in big games in the SEC. You've played in big regular season games, and you said, "Look, we're we're. This is. I remember losing 13 games in 2018. What do you think it'll be like Monday when you walk out there? What do you think the game will be like? Everybody says it's faster. It's a little bit more physical. Maybe it's called differently by the officials. Like, what are your expectations for what it will be like on Monday in Los Angeles? You know, I'm, I'm honestly curious. You know, I was I was thinking about that. <laughs> You know, we, we've played in some big-time games. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, when we played the Packers, you know, a, a bunch of guys who said, hey, I've been to the playoffs. This will be similar feel. Um, you know, when you have two, you know, top teams in the NFL playing on prime time, you know, especially we're playing on Monday night, you know, I can imagine it'll have somewhat of a similar feel. But, yes, I, I, you know, I feel like the sense of urgency and the heightened you know, intensity of the game, uh, you'll be able to feel that. And, you know, every single play, nobody will be taking a playoff just because, uh, you know, you're playing for it to not be your last play. Being a hometown guy, does it mean more to you that you're part of an Arizona Cardinals team that has made the playoffs? 1,000%. It's been my only goal since I've been here is, you know, to make it to the playoffs and, and bring a Super Bowl, you know, to Arizona. Uh, just because I remember – you know, the last time Cardinals played, you know, in the Super Bowl, just the buzz and the energy. And you saw it similarly with, with the Suns this past year, just how they talk about rally the Valley. You know, it, it really was, you know, the Valley came together and, you know, we were having neighborhood watch parties and just the the aura of when an Arizona sports team is making it to that, that game and, and they're able to bring the Valley together. It, it just really means a lot. And as a kid, it really hit home for me. So I always knew, you know, once I got drafted here, that that's what I wanted to do for this team. You had a pretty good memory. You were 12 years old and you remember what it was like. Yeah. The Cardinals made the run. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I specifically remember, um, you know, the whole entire playoff um, run into the Super Bowl. you know, we were having neighborhood watch parties and you know, all our neighbors, you know, we'd get into one of our neighbor's garages. We'd watch the games and you know going crazy cooking food and like I said just just the aura and the buzz you know around the valley was just unreal what do you remember and maybe you don't because you're off at AM, you're in college do you remember 2015 do you remember that postseason for the Cardinals 
coming within one game of the Super Bowl. I do. And, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, when they traveled down to Carolina and, you know, that one hurt. And obviously I I wasn't here. So watching yeah. it from home, uh, watching it back in, in, in Texas, uh, you know, I was the lone proud Cardinal, <laughs> you know, in, the, in that locker room and uh, where I was watching it. Um, but still the same thing, you know, you, you know um, how excited everybody was to see the team have the success that they were having. And, you know, they, they ultimately did have a great season. And, you know, they're still, you know, one of the historically best teams, you know, that has ever come through, you know, this organization. You talked about one of your goals being to get the Cardinals to the playoffs and bring a championship to the Valley. Being from here, Saguaro High School in Scottsdale, how important was that experience for you playing high school football here locally in terms of getting you to where you are today? You know, it was very important, and uh, I was blessed to play under the best staff in, you know, Arizona high school football, led by, you know, Coach Jason Mons, who had been my coach since uh, I was in the fourth grade, and, you know, he impacted my life in, um, you know, so many different ways, and is still so important in my life, and just helping me get to where I wanted to be, and, uh, you know, never lost out, and always, you know, gave me the ability to go out there and show what I can do and help, you know, lead the team along the way. And, uh, you know, the main thing for me, especially that was one of the big things of going to Texas A&M is I wanted to put Arizona on the map. That's That was my biggest thing. I, I got a tattoo of the Grand Canyon with the Arizona State flag on my shoulder before I went to Texas A&M. And everybody could see it, you know, when I was out there playing, you know, people slowly but surely started seeing uh, the Arizona, the Grand Canyon and the flag. And I just wanted to show all the kids that were up and coming you know here locally in the valley like you can do it too you know for a while the narrative was oh they play in arizona there's not that great of football out there the town's kind of eh. you know they have <laughs> one player here and there that that, that goes and is successful in, in college football but i knew we have talent everywhere and we have great players and i think you know we are seeing it now you know how many top five-star kids and four-star kids are coming out of the valley that are going to the next level and being very successful I wanted to just be almost like a light to light on that path for those kids. Like, hey, you can do it too. Have you had any experiences where you've had somebody come up to you uh, that, you know, either a, a parent or a kid that's in high school that said, hey, I want to be like Christian Kirk. I, w- I want to be a guy that, you know, plays for the Cardinals that grew up here. Definitely. You know, I, not as specific as, you know, playing for the Cardinals. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's every, you know, local kid's dream is to play for the Cardinals. Um, but I've definitely had parents and, you know, kids, you know, especially from Saguaro that obviously one say that, you know, they appreciate, you know, all that I've done for the community and, and, you know, kind of being a stepping stone for, you know, their kids or their journey to, you know, get to where they are and just be an inspiration that, you know, that's what keeps me going because I was that kid, you know, too, looking up to Larry Fitzgerald and, uh, Anquan Bolden and everybody coming, you know, through here and trying to be in their position one day. All right, let's talk a little bit more about this team and what's ahead here against the Rams. Let's start with talking about the potential return of, of J.J. Watt. When the Cardinals announced last week that he was being taken off injured reserve and over the next 21 days would be eligible to be activated, there was a big national buzz. J.J. Watt, you know, with what he's done over the course of his career as as, as big of a name as there is, uh, certainly on the defensive side in the NFL. Yeah. If J.J.'s back, what does that do for your locker room, first of all? And then what do you think that could mean on the field for you guys to have him in the game Monday night? It means a lot on and off the field. 
um, you know, having him in the locker room and, you know, being able to see 99 run out there on the field, I think it does a lot. You know, like you mentioned, he's done so much in this league and he's so established and no matter what, you feel his presence out there. And uh, the fact that he's even in the position to get back out there and play on Sunday is unreal. And uh, I was giving him credit last week. Uh, this whole time, you know, he's been rehabbing. I didn't see his schedule or his regime change one day. You know, he was consistent doing the same thing every single day. And, um, you know, that's the reason why he's J.J. Watt. You know, he's been doing that his whole entire career. And so I just, you know, tip my hat to him and, you know, the fact that he worked so hard to get back and come back and lead us and still has been leading us, you know, even, um, you know, throughout his injury. I think it'll be big for us to get him back. You know, one of the things that fans are talking about this week, and it's something they've been talking about all season, is the inconsistency of the team, inconsistency of the offense, inconsistency of Kyler. But clearly Kyler has grown from year one to year two, year two to year three. And he's accomplished a lot. He's been well, he's going to a second Pro Bowl. He's been Rookie of the Year, and now he's led a team to the playoffs. How have you seen him grow? Any personal stories you can share or just – watching him work behind the scenes what have you noticed about him and his maturation well I think he's more defined on portraying to you know us as skilled players and the offense of you know what he's looking for and what he wants and what he's comfortable with from a vocal part uh, aspect you know at first when he first came in and that's all of us as rookies you don't really say much you know you kind of just go with the play call go with the scheme if you don't like it you don't you, you know you run it anyways for him now, you know, he's really taking control of the offense. You know, we're getting looks that, you know, he doesn't like. He'll check out of it. Uh, he did a great job. You know, we saw it last week against Dallas, you know, in that four minute where he was checking out of some plays and getting us into, you know, some, some run options where, uh, you know, we made some big plays at the end to, to seal it. And uh, he's done the same in the passing game. And I just think he's slowly but surely, you know, really growing into that vocal leader that we need to really, you know, command the offense and, um, you know, one thing I always commend about him is I never question his, you know, will to go out there and win. You know, I know that's the most important thing uh, to him. And, you know, I see it from him every single Sunday, uh, no matter what win or loss that, you know, he's putting it all on the line out there. Most of the time to win a Super Bowl, you have to have a great quarterback. There have been teams that have won Super Bowls without a great quarterback. But, man, I've seen a lot of guys come through this league doing this for 20 years and doing college football for ESPN for almost 20 years and seeing great players come through there. And Kyler can do some things I've never seen before. Patrick Mahomes was that guy where, like, okay, I've never seen a guy play the position like Patrick Mahomes. But there are things yeah. that Kyler Murray can do that Mahomes can't, the quickness that he has, the, the burst in the run game. Because Kyler has a skill set that is unique, that is elite, and for, for you as a receiver and guys in that room, do you think – coming into the playoffs there's something to that like hey we can follow this guy this is a guy that can take us there I know it's a team game this is yeah. a guy that can get us to a different level 100 percent. you know I think his dynamic ability and his ability to extend plays with his legs and you know be able to be a part of the run game and with what he can do in the pass game you know those are plays that need to be made in the playoffs you know there are going to be times where the protection is going to break down and we're going to need him to scramble and, and, you know, make one of those crazy plays that, you know, he makes every single game. And uh, we're fortunate to have that, you know, because if you have an immobile quarterback, uh, it's harder to do some things that we do schematically and, you know, how we install some of our plays. And, you know, just for us in our receiver room, uh, any play that is called or, or put in that week, 
you know, it's not, hey, you know, AJ, we need you to go here so you can get Christian open or Christian, we need you to go here to get AJ open. Everybody's open on any single play. I mean, there's been multiple times, you know, this season where we've practiced a play where it's gone to that guy four times that week and then we get into the game and Kyler throws a backside. You know, that's just how his brain operates because uh, one thing he does really well is adjust with how the game is going and just with what the defense is giving him. And if he sees it, you know, he's going to take it. And so in our room, you know, that'll be a big thing for us, especially going to the playoffs, still continuing that is just making sure we're adjusting with him and, you know, making those plays when they come to us. You had a career, Christian. You had almost 80 catches, almost 1,000 yards. I, I know you were short of that mark, 18 yards, short of 1,000 yards. Was that a personal goal for you? Do you set personal goals coming into, and I know it's contract year, so it's an important year. How much did you think about that in the off season coming into 2021? You know, I, I was thinking about it last night because disappointed about the loss, definitely wanted to get to 1,000 yards, um, just kind of a lot on my mind. But when I really sat down and looked at it, coming into this year personally my one sole goal was to stay healthy all season and that was the one goal that I hit and I'm okay with that that's what helped me go to sleep at night was you know what the one goal and I said it from day one is I just want to be healthy for all 17 games and make sure I'm available for my team to be the best player that I can be for all 17 games that's my one goal and I I accomplished that so I can't be mad at that Whatever yards, whatever catches, whatever touchdowns, whatever I ended up with, that was good enough. But as long as I was on the field to be available, I was okay with that. And so uh, I think that's what contributed to me, you know, having a career year is I was available. And, you know, I really took that stuff to heart because I'd never been hurt my whole entire career until I got here. You know, I had an unfortunate broken foot my rookie year, unfortunate, um, you know, high ankle sprain, which are terrible injuries in my second year. And kind of nagged and, and bogged me down through the end of that year and then um you know last year I missed a game with a groin and missed a game with COVID and it was almost like I can't catch a break and I've never experienced this and so I knew if I could just be healthy and be strong and be out there and confident that hey you know I'm myself I can be available just go out there and play everything else would take you know advantage of for you know of itself. Did you do anything differently in the offseason to to prepare for this year or was it just simply you got lucky because I hate when you know unfortunately a lot of people in our business say well he's injury prone and yeah there are some guys that you know are always injured and it it is because you know they had an ankle and that ankle leads to an Achilles or whatever Mm -hmm. but I mean you like you said you had so many different things so was it just good luck this year or was there something different you did from a conditioning standpoint strength training or whatever in the off season to get ready yeah I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I agree with you. I mean, some guys go their whole career without getting hurt, and it's like that's just lucky, you know, because some of us go out there and we get injuries that are so unlucky on plays that, you know, you would never even guess the guy got injured on. Uh, You know, but for me, yes, the offseason played a big part in it, and I feel like I'm pretty regimented and, you know, have a pretty good offseason program. I think the key for me was the consistency throughout the season, really finding uh, a routine for myself, a warm-up, a recovery every single day that I can do that I know works for my body. And it's easy to do it weeks one through eight, but it's week 14, 15, 16, 17 when I'm tired and I really don't want to do the warm-up and it's cold outside and I don't want to go out 30 minutes before (laughs) practice. Um, Those are the days where it's 
th- that starts to add up and then that's what helps you kind of boost you into the end of that season because um you know especially towards the end you know that's when guys bodies start breaking down and you, you really see some of the injuries so I think that was the key for me couple more we'll get you out of here tell me about the clothing line mm-hmm. you started the name of it why you named it what you did and what type of clothes you're offering yeah it's Air Library Avenue um it was a little off-season venture that uh, I did this past year and just had the opportunity brought to me to uh, collaborate with some people out in Los Angeles uh, a great team around me and uh so I I think all good clothing lines uh, have a story and you know me being Arizona loud and proud uh, I wanted to name it after uh, the street that I grew up on Air Libre Avenue and uh, just kind of tell the story of you know my vision and you know my kind of seeing Arizona through my lens and uh, it's just you know streetwear clothing and um, stuff that everybody can wear and you know I, I thought it came out great and it's just been fun to see everybody's response uh, fans friends family um, everybody supporting it, and uh, it's been fun, and you know, really looking forward to continuing it. Can we hook Ron Wolfley up with some of your clothing? I don't know if you've seen Wolf dress, but uh, he he definitely needs a new wardrobe. Yeah, we can definitely get get, get Wolfley. All right, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> all right, last one. Home road. What what happened? Uh, I don't know. I was asking this earlier. I don't know that a team's ever lost five in a row at home and won a Super Bowl. I don't know that a team ever lost five in a row and made the playoffs five yeah. in a row at home. But you guys are eight and one on the road. Uh, and you're playing in the road now in the playoffs. And I've been asked 100 times, probably more than 100, why? And I, I can't come up with an answer. Do you guys have an answer? I don't think I have an answer for you either. <laughs> it's, I, I, it, it is. It's it's really unreal, you know, just the, the ratio and, and, you know, how we've performed. Because it, it is, you know, it's it's out there in broad daylight of how we look on the road is totally different to how we look at home. And, uh I think that'll be the number one question, you know, when this is all said and done, we go back and, and look at it is, you know, what happened and why. Uh, but I know for the future, that's got to change because, you know, our fans deserve better. There's no reason why they should be looking forward to come and do a home game, you know, and we lose every game, you know, while we're here at home. And that's just on our end, that's unacceptable and we got to be better. And so that'll definitely be an area uh, for the future that, you know, we got to look at, you know, being better. Well, listen, man, I appreciate you coming in. You had a great season. Of course. Thank you. Playing all games, as you said, especially in the first year of a 17-game season uh, when guys are dropping like flies around the league. That is an accomplishment to lead the team in receiving a big accomplishment, and you made the playoffs. Good luck uh, on Monday in L.A. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. All right, man. Great stuff from Christian Kirk. Very open and honest about the good from this season, the bad, and also what to expect on Monday Night Football in the postseason as the Cardinals face the Rams. I love his memory of being a 12-year-old and celebrating the Cardinals' run to the Super Bowl in 2008. I remember just about everything about that postseason run. And I just finished my 20th year calling Arizona Cardinals games. Don't take for granted at all the opportunity to call these playoff games. And that 2008 run to a Super Bowl where the Cardinals limped into the postseason, it reminds me of what we just witnessed. The Cardinals starting 7-0 and then finishing poorly, losing 4-5. But like that 2018, the Cardinals certainly are capable of getting on a run. And we'll see if it happens Monday night in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. You can follow us on Twitter at PashPod. 
Thanks to Christian Kirk for being our first postseason guest on the Dave Pash Podcast. And we will talk to you next Monday, the first Monday night football playoff game, Cardinals and Rams. I'm Dave Pash. Thanks again for listening to the Dave Pash Podcast.